Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Hi, listeners. Welcome back. And we're going to be talking about an interesting topic today from a very different viewpoint, and that is bugging out from the big city. We're talking about cities like San Francisco, Chicago, Orlando, uh, Los Angeles, New York City, you know, the big cities, and even the medium-sized big cities, cities like St. Louis, Nashville, just to give an example. We, We think about the population density in a very large city. And in some of these cities, it's by the millions of people that are actually residents there. So when we're talking about an SHTF situation where it is imperative to bug out, being in a large urban setting can be a very big challenge. What do you think, Mark? Well, I think if you can, move out of the city. You really don't want to be there when the S hits the fan. Well, that COVID actually got a lot of folks to thinking about changing their residential situation Mm -hmm. when they learned that they could work from home, uh, homeschool, that sort of thing. We're finding that a lot of urban dwellers have been moving to the more suburban Mm -hmm. and even in some cases rural settings, farm settings. But there are still a vast number of people for whom moving out of the big city just isn't practical or they just don't want to. They like living in a high-rise or an apartment or a condo, somewhere close to all the action. Yeah, but when you're talking about bugging out, just think about the Friday afternoon traffic, everybody trying to get gone somewhere. Uh, Even in our small city, when it's compared to other cities, there's quite a traffic jam trying to leave town. And you imagine everybody trying to get out of town because of, well, think about 9-11. There were a lot of people that tried to leave the city of New York at one time, and that caused a lot of gridlock, caused problems. Think about hurricanes on the coast, and they evacuate from there. They even turn the interstates around where both are coming in our particular state, coming out of Mobile, South Alabama. They turned the interstate around. Both the northbound and southbound lanes are now coming northbound to get as many people out of that coast as they possibly can. So imagine what that would do with the gridlock if you were trying to get out of the city after some type of situation. Now, even if you did move, you may still have to commute to the city. You may drive in. You might use the subway. You might use the train. But you have to prepare for the possibility of being in the city when the SHTF hits. You know, the primary issues would be an EMT, which is an electromagnetic pulse. That is defined as perhaps some sort of a warhead nuclear device detonating in space that would knock out all the communication satellites and also interfere with cellular transmission television transmission, and in fact, in some cases, the full-on electrical grid would essentially be fried. Right. Now, in a true EMP, probably anything electronic that's not protected gets fried. And we're talking about fried permanently to Mm -hmm. the extent that cannot be restored. Internal damage. Right. Like if the whole city's electrical goes down, it's not going to just 
get back up tomorrow. Right. Now, we're talking about there an EMP or a CME, and that's what would be taking out the entire grid. And we're going to do an EMP podcast here before too long. I've been doing a lot of research on it, and some of the research is mixed as to whether all automobiles will be taken out, all newer model would be taken out, whether they'll go dead and be able to be restarted. Uh, there's differing opinions on that, and I'm trying to find the absolute best information that we possibly can for you. But in any type of a situation where you tried to get out of the city, those roadways are likely to be gridlocked, whether or not those vehicles are operable. We have added a way for our listeners who would like to support the podcast to do so. We love our coffee, so you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash practicalprep and buy us a cup of coffee. That's buymeacoffee.com slash practicalprep. And urban areas also present very entirely different sets of challenges when you're on foot than, say, if you're challenged in a rural area where mm-hmm. there's more acreage, more areas to hide, to stealthily travel off-road. Uh, in the urban setting, you know, you might have those miles and miles of those city blocks, that concrete jungle, and you're going to have to find different ways to conceal yourself, to hide for protection. Yeah, in rural areas, you could even utilize abandoned houses or abandoned trailers or abandoned buildings You could build a fire safely outside somewhere. You could build a shelter. There's a lot of things you could do in a rural area, but these urban areas are truly the concrete jungle. Because there's there's so much population, the likelihood of being seen uh, or observed is very high, simply because of the number of population, the number of persons that in an emergency situation are going to be visible and present around you. Yeah, and stealth here is just paramount. Stealth, meaning you know, you just don't want to be very obviously Well, you distraught. want to move undetected if you possibly can. You want to keep your cool. Think about what you may have roaming the roads. You know, I call them hordes of zombies, and I'm not talking about the undead. Jokingly, I say it's the ones that need to be dead. But it's those roving mobs. Gangs. It's gangs. It's um, It's folks that have decided that... They're going to take what you have if they want it, and they may just kill you for the fun anyway. And it may not end well, probably won't end well. Uh, You may be robbed of your preps. You could be kidnapped, raped, even killed. Right. I mean, we're painting a pretty grim picture here, but we... We have seen what Hollywood and some television shows have depicted in terms of a very cataclysmic event taking place. But my imagination leads me to believe that it would probably be even far worse than anything Hollywood may have depicted because you've got thousands of people with unpredictable behaviors in an extremely stressful moment, and that might even include yourself. So someone's got to keep a cool head. That's where you need to move undetected. If possible. If you you really want to try to duck into some buildings and and keep away from being spotted or seen as you move about. You know, this is really important to try to make your hasty exit, but in such a way that you're not calling attention to yourself. And you can find some hiding places. Those could be in buildings, abandoned buildings. 
could be under some staircases or steps, anywhere that you can back into and get out of the line of sight of other people. Now here's one in the back of vehicles. You can hide in the back of a vehicle. You might um, find an abandoned vehicle out there that doesn't present anything that looks like you know, gangs might want to break into it. Maybe even already has broken windows in it. Looks like it's already been trashed. You might get into the back seat and cover up and get a nap. Well, at least you might be able to hide until mm-hmm. a lot of the furor, you know, dies back down. Don't even be afraid to or averse to jumping into a dumpster mm-hmm. and hiding under some garbage. If it'll save your life and protect your sanity and get you to survive this cataclysmic event, then hiding under a load of garbage is probably the one thing that can mm-hmm. be the difference between life and death. Now, let's talk about some of the issues. We've talked about movement. We've talked about staying stealthy, uh, be the gray man there, don't stick out, blend in. But let's talk about security. You must be prepared to defend yourself. And I know that this runs the range depending on where our listeners are living. We have listeners all over the country, and we have listeners that are tuning in from all over the world. And so there's going to be different areas and different ordinances regarding firearms. And so certainly a Uh, Make yourself aware of what your firearm policies are, where you live, and if you feel comfortable and have the proper training and have the right mindset to legally and responsibly arm yourself with a firearm, then by all means do so. And if you can't arm yourself with a firearm, arm yourself with something. A large walking stick. A golf club. A golf club. That, That would be massive against a head. A knife. Uh, You could use a knife. And then those different improvised weapons. You mentioned the golf golf club, but how about a piece of chain? How about a steel bar that you pick up around a construction site? Tire irons, crowbars. There's uh, even yard rakes and hoes and Mm -hmm. and that type of thing that you could pick up that just might be something that you can defend yourself with. And this might be a place where you want to carry some OC spray, some pepper spray, or carry some bear spray. Yes, you can actually find those products in an outdoor, a hiking store, camping area, some of these big box types of outdoor man style stores have protective sprays. If you live in an area that has a lot of bears, you may even find it on the Quick Mart shelves. Hey, listen, I just want to tell you about a couple of books that you need to add to your collection and give as gifts. I highly encourage that you go to Amazon and look up this title, Making Contact During Emergencies. This is information that may save your life or the life of someone you care about. If injured, lost, or found in a disaster or another type of emergency. This book was written by Mark and Krista Lolly. I'm Krista and Mark is my husband. Book number two that we wrote that we're especially proud of and has gotten a lot of buzz is entitled Practical Prepping for Everyday People. This is a common sense guide on preparing for life's emergencies. And when we say practical prepping, we mean the type of emergencies you're going to find yourself in day in and day out. Car emergencies, dead batteries, flat tires, storm damage, the roof has gotten blown off, you find that you have no power, no electricity, no devices are working. These kinds of things are happening to somebody somewhere every single day. And we were astonished when we did a little research to find that a vast majority of people found themselves woefully unprepared for 
one or more of these types of emergencies, and particularly after this COVID year that we've experienced, I think a whole lot more of us are paying closer attention to things like grocery store supply chains, the ability to be able to buy gas, the ability to be able to move freely about, or what's going to happen if we do have to stay home for three weeks solid. Practical Prepping for Everyday People by Mark and Crystal Lolly, also making contact during emergencies. Go to Amazon, look these up, add these to your collection. We sure appreciate it. All right, so something else you have to think about uh, in, as you're making your plan, formulating your plan, and working your plan to bug out from this, the big city in, in the case of a very cataclysmic emergency, you have to think differently about how to shelter. What would be some ideas, Mark, we could share? Well, you're not going to be able to pitch that tent we've got that holds 14 people. You're not even going to be able to really to safely pitch a two-man pup tent. You're going to have to find other ways to shelter uh, one of the things that you can use, and we carry two, I think, in each of our get-home bags, our car bags, and that is contra- uh, contractor-grade garbage bags. They're usually quite large and very heavy MIL, heavy thickness. Mm-hmm. And you can use them, lay them out as a small tarp. You can use them as an emergency sleeping bag or sleeping bevy. You can use them for emergency blankets. There's just any number of things that you could do with those. So those are good to carry. But you're going to have to realize that you're not going to be able to build a shelter like you might build out in the woods. You may have to take shelter under those steps. You may have to take shelter under a larger vehicle that to get you out of the rain or something like that. Something else to consider to have in your bugging out bag from the city is no prep foods, meaning foods that you don't have to cook, foods that are non-perishable, something like trail mix. And there's every kind of trail mix that's available commercially you can buy, or you can make your own trail mix, dehydrated fruits, dehydrated vegetables, all sorts of assorted nuts, that sort of thing. Uh, You can make a trail mix. You can also go with beef jerky or turkey jerky. There are granola bars, there's protein bars, breakfast bars, nutrition bars, that sort of thing. You can also take small cans, individual size, or very small cans of fruit and some cans or jars of meats like potted meat, tuna, chicken, Vienna sausage, spam. These are the types of things that you can just break open and eat when you need to. And they're usually rather small and will Mm -hmm. fit several in a bag. And you've just got to have some sort of an idea of maybe how much you will need, and you'll need to portion yourself out. Don't try to consume all of your no-prep foods in one day. Right. You've got to let it stretch out. And, of course, by all means, you must have clean, fresh water. Mm-hmm. Absolutely on that. And that's where the personal water filters come in handy. We carry them oh, in like our bags. Oh, like a Sawyer we, Mini or a Life Straw? We carry the Sawyer Mini. We, just, we like it a little bit better than we do the Life Straw. Mm-hmm. A couple of our girls uh, have their family has the Life Straws. It's just a personal preference type thing. Let me go back to the trail mix just a moment. And part of this depends on where your bag is going to be stored. If you're going to store that bag in the vehicle, be careful with trail mix that contains chocolate chips. Now, I like that stuff. It gives you a little extra energy, but I can't carry it in my vehicles. Yeah, this may be the kind of trail mix that you have to study and make sure you don't have any meltable, right. the, softer. That, that stuff becomes a big clump. Yeah, anything that would melt, that's a good call. And like today here 
in the shade, it was 91 degrees. Yes, it was a hot now, day Now, some of you folks are saying that's, you know, that's not that bad. Tucson, Arizona <laughs> doesn't think much, you know. That's going outside and enjoying the outside weather for They've them. They've been having like 115. Right. But for <laughs> Alabama. Sorry, Tucson. Um, 91 degrees and air that you can wear, in other words, 50, 60, 80% humidity, Uh, it's tough out there. But you put that bag in the car and it hits the 80s, gets much hotter than that in the car. Over 100. That chocolate is going to melt. Yes, maybe just stick with something that's, make sure your trail mix doesn't have any meltable pieces. Right. Now, if you keep your bag in your office and it's a temperature controlled area, it'd be okay. I carry some with me from time to time. What I take with me doesn't go; it doesn't stay in the vehicle. It goes and it gets eaten in pretty much short order. But you do need to be carrying some food, and to last you three or four days. And to say this, you're probably going to get hungry during that time. This is not where you're going to have all you want to eat every meal, but you're just going to beat that wolf of hunger back every now and then. So. And like you said, that water. Absolutely, because being in a large city can be a very dangerous situation during an SHTF situation. So for our urban-dwelling friends who are listening, we want you to not be fearful, but we want you to be prepared. We want you to be practically prepared. And we want you to begin to formulate your plan on what a quick exit out of your large city is going to be for you. You may already be needing to look at some paper maps Mm -hmm. for uh, escape routes and maybe have some paper maps in your bags because if you have no access to any kind of cell phone, landline, computer, television, anything that has a plug or needs to be charged, if those things are out of service, you've got to depend on other means and you may need to arm yourself with some paper maps and you may need to look at a variety of different routes you may need to have a north an east a south and a west escape route you need to know which direction would be safest for you because when you start to leave if you're going to go north and you look and you see major smoke and you see or you're hearing gunfire or something from that area you might want to consider taking a different route and having those routes pre-marked on a map would be a very good idea. Now, have a place to go. When you start to bug out, know where you're going. Right. This is not the time to just hold your wet finger up in the air and just go with the wind because you, you, you'll you never arrive at where you need to be. You mm-hmm. have to have some sort of plan of where you're going to wind up. And when you're traveling when on foot, by vehicle, Uh, Whether you're sitting around right now, when you get through listening to this podcast, just kind of visualize some of the situations that you could encounter along the way. Remember we talked about that on one episode about visualizing scenarios when it comes to protecting ourselves. If you sit around and you visualize, well, what happens if this happens? What if I get into this? Uh, You pre-visualize those, and as you go through it, The mind cannot tell the difference between reality and that visualization. And we mentioned how the Olympic bobsled racers, how they will close their eyes and they're going down that track, every single curve, every approach, everything in their mind, and it lets them be able to do that. Now, we want you to have a survival mindset. We've talked about that before. 
But you need a mindset that says, I'm going to survive this situation. And, and we'll probably do this next episode, and that is to build an urban bug out bag. Mm. An urban bug out bag is going to be a bit different than is the bug out bag that we carry in our car, or in our case, get home bag. And I think it'd be very legit to call it a bug out bag leaving the city. Yeah. Even though you may be trying to get home, but you're trying to get out of that city. And you might need a combination of things in there for both. If you can get far enough out of the city, then you come into more suburban and even rural areas. Some different things could come into play there. But plan to survive getting out of the city. Yes, having a survival mindset is so key. It is the difference between life and death in so many situations. You you may have only yourself to think about, but then some of you that are listening, you may be responsible for elder parents or maybe children, spouse, uh, special needs. There's so many different scenarios. And I was just thinking about that, and it just totally depends on your situation. It's going to be very, very difficult bugging out of a big city with elderly. It's going to be quite a challenge with babies. And we're certainly thinking more and more about baby stuff because we get two new ones this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, TikTok. The babies are coming. We're going to have another one born Monday. We're recording this Sunday night, and he's going to be born on Monday. We had one born on the 20th, but we're getting two more grandchildren this week. And then in December, we have a great-grandchild on the way. And so those are things that if we're traveling with a child or if we're taking a child into the city, we put a little bit of consideration into those things that we might need. So just think about your own situation. If you live in a big city, think about the routes that you might take. Think what you might need to have with you on the way. And realize that bugging out from the city is a lot different than rural bugging out or getting home. Anything else you want to add? Always be prepared. It's practical. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. And please leave us a five-star review. That helps more people be able to hear this podcast. Share it with your friends and family. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping. Email at info at practicalprepping.info. And our website is practicalprepping.info. And as always, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.